Blog Talk Radio. Psychic Hour. We're here on a Tuesday morning. We do have a caller in the queue. 850 has been waiting a while. We're going to be getting to you shortly, 850. But we want to let others know how to reach us today. 914-338-0164 is the call number. Please do press 1 if you'd like to speak with us. Uh, what else? Oh, Facebook and Twitter. Please follow us. We really appreciate your support on our pages, those accounts can be found under our blog talk radio profile. And uh, I keep using the sentence filler, ah, uh, I don't know why. Maybe it's because I'm waking up here. But let's bring on our call from 850. Oh, Neil, is there any request? Before we get started, <laughs> Neil's AWOL. <laughs> what are you doing? Are you okay? Yeah, I just want to um, <laughs> inform our wandering listeners around that, the house yeah, here. This, this show is not free. We pay $400 a year for the show. So anytime you can give a donation, we would really appreciate it to help us out a little bit. We do offer these free readings for everyone, and uh, we don't, of course, charge for anything. But giving a donation towards the... Uh, Promotion of the show and keeping it stable on the air, we would certainly appreciate any anything you can share with us. Okay, let's get to our caller. Yeah, anything you can share. And you can reach, we don't have a donation link on the page, uh, but you can email us on our Facebook page. Or Facebook, I mean, there's different pages, but you can email us on our, you know, our front page, on our other pages, and I will get back to you and let you know how to donate. Okay, it's Michelle. Hi, Michelle. Good morning, guys. It's been a while. Yeah. Hold on a sec. How are you? Just writing your birthday, 19, excuse me, 10, 14, 68, and your 30 equals 3. Everything, getting everything set here. Sorry, my mind is thinking and my tongue is not responding this morning. (laughs) So <laughs> that's okay. That's okay. It's a little chilly here. How's the weather in Florida? Are you in Florida or are you back in Georgia? Yeah, I'm back I'm back in Florida. I'm still waiting oh, on her to have the baby. Still waiting on her to have the baby. Um uh and I, we still haven't moved and our boat still has not gotten fixed. We can't move unless our boat gets fixed. And um you know, and it's been a year, so we've been very patient. 
he says that he was going to get last week when we talked to him, he said he'd probably get us out in the next week or two. And of course, I don't see that happening this week because um, Thanksgiving. So it's like, when is he going to fix our boat? So this you know? is an individual you have that's supposed to fix your boat. You've got the part and he's just not cooperating. Is he, does he run a business or is he just kind of like his own free agent? self-employed no he's a very he's a very nice man he can't say no to anyone and he says the question is the question is is he uh self-employed or is he um is he i know he's nice it's not that he's a bad man but is he self-employed you know and just fixes boats for favors or does he do this for a living and has a shop or whatever you would call it he well, he's got. He does it for a living. He's got two businesses. He owns a bar and a restaurant. Oh, and then right. he owns the marina, and uh, the bar. The bar is what he loves to do. He loves to play his guitar. So that that's his top notch thing. So he gets overwhelmed because he's the only person that does the work in this area, and he's the best. He just stays so busy. It's hard to pin him down. You know what I mean? And, I do. Uh, and he charges. And he. He charges us real cheap for rent. You can't beat three hundred dollars a month for your electric and water, you know. And uh, you know he knows we live on disability. So I mean, he's a very nice man, um, but I think he's just overwhelmed with work. I guess is a better way to put it. And of course, we thought about mo- we thought about moving. Um, it's a nicer marina. Uh, the river's smaller. So I mean, we, we're excited, but at the same time, we have. Um, mixed emotions, you know, because there's rules there, there's not rules here. You know, I mean, it's just, I don't know, it's nicer in the town there than it is in this town, but the river's nicer here, but um, it's nice up there too, you know what I mean? So kind of mixed emotions. And I thought maybe y'all could give me some insight on everything. Well, I know we talked about this last time you called regarding the, the move, and we thought it was a positive move, but again, the problem is, I mean, you're, you know, you're sacrificing, you know, you're not going to have everything that you want in one spot. Obviously there are going to be trade-offs. And so there's going to be things that are better about this other location that you're moving to and things that are better about the location that you're living in currently. I mean, you can't blend the two uh, locations into one with all the assets in one. So, I mean, I know. It's a decision, but, but you kind of see why I'm kind of like, like, oh, what should we do? You know, well, what, I guess my concern is whether you're going to lose. I mean, someone else could rent one of the the spaces that you want to put your boat on, right? Or boat, right, in. right, right. So you may lose the opportunity to move there if the boat's not fixed in time. Now, right. I mean, it could be something. I mean, I I don't really get anything personally that is preventing you from moving there, like a safety issue. And we went over that on the last show Uh, that I feel like it's him dragging his feet and not, you know, like you said, being too busy. And it sounds like he owns a bar and restaurant and he owns the Marina. So he's not, his job is not fixing boats full time. Right. Well, it is. He, no, it is. He works. He works at the marina full time during the day, and then he goes over to the restaurant across the river. I can I can see the restaurant um, across the river. Um, so he works there in the evening. So he he works constantly. 
So he owns the marina. He works on boats during the day, works at night. But you're, why, I mean, why? He owns the marina? He owns the marina that they live on. So he, they pay him rent direct. I mean, he's he's got a lot going on. He's got oh, a lot yeah, going he does. On. He owns the marina where they live? He owns the marina. He owns a bar and restaurant. She says he plays the guitar at the restaurant. So he's got this, you know. Doesn't that bring in a nice income? No, no. For him? This is the guy who fixes the boat. Oh, the guy who fixes the boat. Yes. That, not not her husband. No, 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 <laughs> no, no. It's the guy they want to fix the boat, and she, he's not fixing their boat. Does he fix just the boats that are docked in the marina, or does he fix other people's boats? No, everybody here in the whole town. People come from different towns to come to him. He's like a really hot, sought-after mechanic. Okay. So he stays busy, you know what I mean? Yeah. Have you been assertive with him about fixing it and say, saying, you know, we, I mean, are, is he aware of your plans to move or you do not want to tell oh, him? Oh, no. We we haven't told him because we don't want him to stall. Yeah. yeah. He, likes us, he likes us being here. Yeah. So yeah, I'm kind of scared to say anything until after we get our boat fixed because he does like us being here. We keep an eye on everything, you know? Right. Well, why do you want to move? Because it's a nicer town, a better space for the boat. So then, what's the there's dilemma? drama why going she... on? They cannot move into the boat. They, they can't move to the boat's fix. They need what is the part? I don't know. What the, I, I I have no idea about it's the boat. It's out drive. Uh, he had to order another. Yeah, he had to order another part. Um, so they had to wait for that to come in. Um, but it's been a year. But I don't know why we want to move. Um, I think it's because it's a nicer town. And, um, you know, I mean, it's got its perks just like it has its perks here. So we're kind of tossed up. Should we stay or should we go? You know. Um, well, there's, you, you know, know. What, what makes the place here and not a nice town? Uh, didn't really. I mean, uh it, would it be more expensive to live over there? Uh, yes, it'll be two hundred more dollars a month, two hundred sixty more dollars a month. Can you afford that throughout the whole year? We think we can. Well, what's the drawbacks to where you're at, except for the isolation? Drama. Well, there's a lot of um, there's. <laughs> There's it's a it's a working marina, so when they work on the boats, you know you hear it. Um, but I mean they don't bother us or nothing. You know what I mean? Um, one of the guys when one of the guys when we first, one of the guys when we first moved here was a real grouch, and since then my husband helped him fix his refrigerator, and he's just been nice as can be to us, and now they're all nice to us. Um, didn't you didn't you say that there was like I mean, there's like it's kind of like, you know, drama amongst the residents and things like that. Yeah, the one guy doesn't like the other guy, and uh, yeah, there are, are there any fights or gun battles? <laughs> no, 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 there's know, not. I, and you started, you know, you were pretty clear that the contingency is on on the boat does he have any awareness that you want to move no she doesn't want to let him know no no we haven't told him 
Well, and he's going to not want to fix your boat probably if you'd let him know he because he's collecting rent from you. So he's making money. He's going to not want to fix your boat even more if he knows that it's well, contingent maybe, on a move. Maybe I, he could maybe get more money from the slot. Uh, but, maybe. Uh, when so have you you haven't approached him and said hey what what's the deal can we get this fixed? A year is a long time. Uh, well, my husband said something to him about two weeks ago. And he said he was going to get us here in the next two weeks. And then nothing happens? Not yet. I mean, the boat needs to be fixed regardless of whether you move or not, right? Right, right. So, and there's no one else to do the job but him. Yep. The next travel lift is uh, in Panama City, which is about two hours away. Oh, boy. How long have you been living uh, in your current place? How long have we been here? Yeah. Uh, a year. Well, you're not on any karmic cycle right now. You're a three, so you haven't been there three years. What's your husband's master number? Uh, what's your husband's birth date? Uh, March the... Uh, 10th, 1964. Now I'm remembering the birth date, 414. 24/6. Yeah, and we he, went to his re- we went to his restaurant the other day, and just everybody was nice as can be. Everybody hugged us, and and then one of the guys, you know, he says, you know, he howled, and he says, howl for me like a wolf, you know. So we did. He says, now we're a pack. <laughs> Tribal. Tribal. Anybody, Leonard or Lenny? In your immediate or distant past, Leonard. No, I, no one. I don't know. No. So here's why you're having. Here's why you're having a problem. You've been there a year. Uh, you've been there one year. That's what you're telling me. Your master number yeah. is three, and your husband is six. So there's no cycle at the moment going on in terms of. Uh, the numerology of how long you should be in any one particular residence. The minimum would be three years. But uh, the thing that goes on in your energy as well is that your husband's month is your master number. And your husband's day is your Mm -hmm. month. Now, there are certain attitudes that could factor in for the one energy. And how old are you right now? Uh, 54. So 54, you're not, you're on a multiple of uh, three. So that by eight, so that's eight times three. So now that makes the process a little bit more confusing, Mm -hmm. why it's not so clear cut. He's probably stalling for a reason that nobody knows about, and that's because of karma. Because the karma may be saying that in stalling for this part, he may be doing you a favor. Well, that's what we were talking about on the last show, whether it was a, it was a danger or not. What yeah, is, there might be something that is trying to stop you from moving. But she rapidly. is on a multiple. She's on a multiple of 18. I know. She's on a multiple. She's on a multiple of 18. What about a Jerry? Jerry. Uh, yeah, my dad's name was Jerry. And okay. my, brother's, my brother's name is Jerry also. Okay, because Jerry, it was Jerry and then Lenny and Leonard... You know, that was, I, I, it was both names that 
kind of hit me at once. And I went with the lemming first, but then I wanted to go back to Jerry. So Jerry is your father? Yeah, my father's name. And then my brother, my little brother's name was Jerry. Jerry Sean. Well, you see, that makes it tribal. So we're getting into a tribal zone. When uh, your husband howled like a wolf, was that in the area where you live now? At the restaurant. Yeah, our neighbor, the guy, the the marina owner owns, and he came up to us and gave us a hug and shook our hands, and yeah. he told us to howl like a wolf, you know, and he says, now we're a pack. Yeah. And he's really well, a quiet person, so that meant a lot, you know what I mean? Here's what you need to do. What's the guy who, who, who uh, what's the guy who's getting the part for you? What's his name? Eric. Eric. And you can't yeah. order the port yourself. He has to order it. Uh, we did order a bunch of the parts, and um, I think we thought that he was going to be ordering the part. He told us he was ordering the part. Why can't you order it? Well, we can. He may it. have already got it in. I don't He's know. That can fix the boat. That's the problem. Your husband doesn't fix the boat. This guy does. Yeah, this is the only problem. He's the only mechanic within, yeah. the, you know, a, a well, large radius, which is, is very he strange busy? to me. If there's so many boats, is he always busy? Yes. Well, you see, you're not on a priority list. So what, the only thing we can do for you to answer whether where you're supposed to be. Is we, you know, and holidays are coming up. So he, I don't think he's being honest with you about the part. I don't even know if he's ordered it. Because if he's ordered it and he has it, he would put it in. He would say to you, well, I've got it. Uh, Don't worry, I just have to set a time. But he doesn't even tell you he has it. So I don't even know if he ordered it. Something about this guy, I don't trust this guy. I think he's putting you off for whatever reason. That's my take. Now, what you can do is say, look, we need that. We really need to get the boat fixed because we want it. We're going to, we're planning a trip. We're planning a family trip and um, we need the boat fixed. It's a big surprise. Don't tell him what the surprise is. The big surprise would be you're leaving. So don't tell them what the big surprise is. Just say we got, we're planning a big surprise and we need the, the boat fixed. And it's a family affair because it will be. So you're not lying. And then what this guy will do, this guy, will, his brain will be triggered that now he's holding up a family event. And he, what he'll do now is he'll put you on a higher priority list. Just do it the way I'm saying. If you want constructive uh, okay. um, language. I would do it this way. Tell them it's a family event. It's a big surprise. We've promised them that the surprise is coming, but we need that boat fixed because it's a trip. And then, you know, and then say, when can we do it? Just pin them down. Well, uh, blah, 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 blah. And he'll go on. He probably hasn't even ordered the piece yet. That will come. So you'll pop, you could be out of there. I mean, once he... What does it take him, two days to fix? I don't know. <laughs> well, let's say two days. Let's say it takes two days just for the heck of it. Uh, you, you know, right now I'm seeing you already in the new slot in February. You're already there. 
So it looks like they're moving. So I would approach it this way. Tell him the way I said it. And um, maybe he'll get the thing fixed before December uh, comes to the midterm. Why do you think he's stalling? What is your feeling on that? Uh, I, I, I just think it's not I priority. Think, I think he, he just he prioritizes things and he you're just like a nuisance kind of like. So he's, you're not important. It, you, he hears you, but you're low on the priority list. It's like things you need to get done, but some things you, you know, you don't mind waiting on, but you know, you should do it, but you just wait because it's not priority. You're not a priority. There's no compelling right. reason for him to, it's not personal. There's just no compelling reason for him to get it done now. He doesn't think there's any rush, but you've got to do is present to him a rush. What will happen then is he's a responsible man. He does a lot of things. It's, he goes, he has a bar, he's got the boat, he's a mechanic. You know, he, he's a, he, sent, he has a sense of responsibility because he takes a lot on. So you just haven't kicked into his responsibility uh, priority. So I got you. He, he, he also is a man that believes in family because, you know, a bar is a family gathering, the boat slots are family. You know, he's a family man. Yeah, I was supposed to take the kids to the bar. <laughs> so, um, you know, he's a group Well, they man. do. It's, they have karaoke there for kids and stuff. So, yeah, they bring their grandkids there. So that's what I'm saying. He's a he's a family-oriented man, like a chief. Well, and the you just have fit. to get to – got to hit a sentimental note in his heart that makes you a priority in terms of you being a family. Now you're just somebody asking him for a favor, you know, get the part, fix it. But that doesn't fit into his sense of responsibility yet. Is so what he, you've got to do is use your mind, be a little smarter, present it like it's a family affair, a big surprise. You, he'll 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 feed into that. Is he um is he giving you a discounted price for doing this? I'm sure he will. So oh, I mean, is he that hasn't part of his. Yeah. He hasn't mentioned it, but I mean, does he think that you're expecting a discount? No, I mean, I don't think that. I think he just uh, he he's, um he knows that we filed it under our insurance and he hasn't asked for any money uh yet. Well, yeah, I'm curious how much he's going to ask for when he does. No, that's not a priority with him. The, he doesn't care. It's not the money factor. It's just you're just not a priority. He's got too much he's doing, and you're not a priority. Right. And he doesn't feel any sense of responsibility yet. Well, I think you you're right. You've got to make him feel responsible, and you've got to present it like a family surprise. It's a big surprise. You're going on a trip, a family boat trip, and you have to get it done in order to make the surprise work in time. Do you? I mean, would you actually go on a trip on a boat, on a houseboat? With does that? Do they? Do yeah, we that? can. Uh, it'll. Yeah. It'll. Tra- it's not a regular houseboat. It's a. It's a river boat. But it it'll handle the intercoastal way. Yeah. Okay. So you just tell them that, and let's see what happens. Okay. Well, thank you guys. Okay, Michelle. Yeah, you're I don't welcome. think I don't. Yeah, I don't think money's an issue with him um, at all. I mean, I think he makes plenty of money. You know. Well, no, it wasn't. It wasn't that I was suggesting that money was an issue, but if he is getting paid 
full price by other people that own boats, then those are going to be high. You're going to go lower on the list. It doesn't matter if he cares about money necessarily, but if other people are paying him, you know, his full amount, then that those are going to take priority over someone he's doing a favor for. That's that's. Well, let me ask you something. Let me ask you something. When he does fix this, how much money do you think he'll want from us? He knows that we filed with uh, insurance, and of course, you know, I can't believe he hasn't asked us for money yet. But what amount do you see him asking for when he does get it fixed? Maybe, maybe I don't. I don't even know. I mean, he's not. That's not his priority. He doesn't need the money. He might do it as a favor. He might ask for a couple hundred bucks for labor. I don't think it's going to be anything you can't afford. What do you expect? Five, under five, between three and five, or would it be less? Uh, uh, probably, I would think it'd be like uh, nine thousand or something. I don't know. Nine thousand? Yeah. Oh wow. Well, I'm I way off. I don't know. I don't get that vibe. Do you? Can you afford to pay him nine thousand dollars? Well, yeah, the insurance paid for him to fix it. No, I'm talking about out of your pocket. I don't know. I don't care. Your insurance is out of your pocket. What comes out of your pocket? It would be the – I already got the insurance money. Yeah, but there is a difference. you right now? Yeah, I have the money uh, from the insurance money I put. How much – wait a minute. How much did you get for the insurance? Um, I'd have to go back and look at it, but I'm thinking it was like either nine or thirteen thousand, something like that. Well, well, I wouldn't worry about it. Whatever you, if you've got that money already, the amount you pay him, don't tell him, don't tell him what you've got. Just say, tell me what I owe you. The question, I mean, do you think there's going to be a discrepancy between the amount the insurance pays you and the amount that's going to come out of your pocket? Well, he knows how much money I got from the insurance company. Well, I mean, oh. but is there a is there a discrepancy though? Do you think that he may charge more above what the insurance paid you? No. I don't think so. I, I would think he would oh. do us a deal. I mean, because he knows my daughter and stuff. No, he's not going to charge you. He's going to leave you with money. He's not going to charge the full amount. So you think you're going to get? They're going to save. I think you're going to okay. have money left over. He's not that kind of guy. It, he's not hungry for money. He wants to be paid for his labor. Um, but he's not going to take your. He's he's not the kind of guy that thinks, oh, you have nine thousand, I'll charge you nine thousand. He'll think, oh, you got nine thousand for. Um, God, I don't want to take everything, you guys. No, you know, let's call it four thousand, and we'll call it a day. He might do something like that. How, How much see him doing? I can see him doing something like that. I mean, because yeah. he knows I live on disability, and that's yeah, that's what he's going to do. He, he'll he'll make sure you have a good lump sum left. He's so not going to take it off. How, how much? How much were the parts individually? Oh God, it was a lot of parts. I know we already bought some of the parts, and that was uh, like two thousand dollars just for some of the parts that we bought already. Yeah. And then because he had I- to order a couple parts. Yeah, I'm trying to get where the three to five is coming in because it wasn't the repair, but I still feel that was a strong vibration, so it could be one of the parts that cost that much. 
maybe I'm just trying to figure where that fits in. But the parts sound like they're a lot less than the labor itself. Yeah, I did. I just looked at it. I got 13000 13000 But the labor is more yeah. expensive than the parts. Uh that I don't know. We already we already bought some of the parts and that was like two thousand dollars. And so then we expensive. still gotta right. buy Okay. And we gotta we gotta get a new um propeller or I think that's what it's called, a new propeller. Okay, wait a minute. What work does he have to do? Tell me what he has to do. He's gotta fix our outdrive. The whole outdrive broke, but half of it um was okay. But the other half, we had to get all the inner components of it, and I think it added up to about two thousand dollars for used parts. And right. Then so the parts we got to get. I just want to know. I, all I want to know is what work does he have to do? That's all I want to know. It takes right out drive. That's he it. Told you. He's going to charge yeah, you. Have, how much money do you have? Left the thirteen thousand. I have all of it. Well, what happened the. Probably about ten thousand left over. Probably about ten thousand okay. left over. Okay, he's going to charge you anywhere from four to six thousand, and you'll have anywhere from four to six thousand left over. That's what I think. Oh my gosh! I would have a heart attack. Huh? I would have a heart attack. <laughs> that would be good. <laughs> no, don't have a heart. No, no, you don't have a heart attack. That's a big bill. If you have a heart attack, all your money will go down the drain. So you don't need to have a heart attack to save money. No, she's happy. I know. That, I you know, know. I'm mind. kidding. Okay. You know, it will be between four and six thousand, I think, and you'll either have four or six thousand left over. Cool. Tell them, tell them it's for a family trip, and say, you know, we're all on disability. Remind them again. Just say it's for a family trip. We want it. We're planning this. It so it means so much to us. We've already set up the surprise. I mean, it's a surprise, but they know. He will start to feel responsible. Okay. And labor, and he's going to give you a big break. Well, I think between four and six thousand somewhere in there. The interesting thing is, Michelle, sixty-four is the year your husband's born. That's four six between four and six thousand. I still stand on three to five because that's a figure I got initially. I was thinking it was three to five hundred. I have no idea how much these things cost. It could be three to five thousand. He charges you, so it'll be interesting well, the five to is see. Between four and six, yeah. you're saying three thousand. Three, three to five. I mean, that's her master number, but she's also got a four six in her code. So, I mean, we'll we'll be interested to see how much he charges, but you got to get on him to do this. And then, obviously, you're unclear on whether you want to move or not. So you've got to make a decision about whether you're going to move or you're going to stay, because that's that slot is not going to stay there unoccupied um, forever. It's, it's Someone's going to take right. it. Right, right. Didn't they put money down on it? Mm, did you put money down on yeah. it? Uh, no, we haven't. Um, no. uh, my husband knows uh, um, the people there, and I think they're just holding it for us. When it comes time to rent it, we'll have to put yeah. When it comes time to rent it, it'll. Michelle, I got it. 
Remind them to to remind them to hold it for you. And okay. you you know if you want to slip something to them that's maybe refundable, but remind them to hold it to you, for you, and then talk to this guy this week. Okay. The holidays are okay. around, so you want to talk to him. I mean, he could even get on it this week at the end of next week. Okay. See, he has, but you've got to get the part, so that's got to come in. I don't know if he has the part, but um, if he does, then we're ahead of the game. I, I, I think maybe he doesn't have it, but anyways, that's the approach. Okay, awesome. I love talking to you guys. Oh, thanks, Michelle. Thank you. Okay, have a happy holiday. Thank you. You have a blessed one. Okay. Bye. Take care. Bye. Okay, well, we are out of callers. Um, uh, what was I going to say? There was something I was going to say. Um, completely off. I don't know if there's something you wanted to comment on regarding Michelle's reading, but I had something I wanted. So we were we were sent a video um, from someone uh, about it was on the Today Show, and it was this woman who had uh, lymphoma, I believe, Hodgkin's lymphoma, or maybe it was non-Hodgkin's lymphoma, and she ended up having a heart attack. Um, I don't know if it was in the process of chemotherapy or what caused the heart attack, but she ended up flatlining and was clinically dead for 90 minutes. And she was on the Today Show being interviewed, and it was regarding a near-death experience. And so it was, I mean, it was kind of interesting. Unfortunately, the interview I thought was rather I, I guess they only have certain, you know, of course, the segments have time limits. So the interview was somewhat shallow in terms of her being able to really get into the details of her experience. But in some aspects, it was interesting because it kind of, you know, what she had of experience, which was part, um, her, what she was calling her life review, um, was, I mean, it resonated with a lot of what we talk about on the show about what happens when you cross over. Of course, with her, the spirit realm and higher guides, angels, knew she was going to come back into the body. So as far as near-death experiences go, I mean, what what someone who goes through a near-death experience uh talks about in, in regard to that experience really is only a small representation of what happens because obviously data can't be collected about, no. you know, when someone really dies, what happens is, I mean, it's very subjective. We don't know unless you have the ability to communicate with souls that have crossed over. But, you know, she was reassuring people in this, in this uh, video, <laughs> you know, don't be afraid to die. This is what happens. But of course, one person's experience is not is not necessarily what's going to happen to every person. I mean, when Hitler crossed over, I'm sure he wasn't, you know, greeted by uh, spirits and angels and had a peaceful transition. I'm sure he went to a very yeah. dark place. So the, the, the what happens when someone dies is going to be very much based on the individual well, that, and the soul experiences. That situation, she didn't die. No, she didn't, she didn't die. really die. What, and the reason she, she, uh, what she experienced, was she was 
he was experienced and so was everybody on the earth. Why she didn't, why she was able to come back is because the silver cord wasn't severed. So her her soul was went way out there into a region beyond the the, the immediate astral realm, and her. Her, her her silver cord allowed her to go into a into a limbo into a kind of a limbo world a, an intermediate world between uh, the astral levels that are still connected to the planet and then there's a big space in between that's where she went and then after that there's transcendence and the silver cord is broken her silver cord extended so far out that she was able to reach a outer limit of the astral realm, but the silver cord was still attached. So she really wasn't dead, but she was so far out there that it appeared on the physical plane that she was gone. She wasn't. She, and that's she was she still a, she, right, exactly. If, if the silver, silver cord, cord was, was broken, severed, she would have been done. done. You can't repair it. So she went way out there, experienced, um, the, the 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 physicality and the and the astral elements experienced a, a a death that she had to go through that was incorporated from a past life, and then she came back and this brilliant light and feeling a sensation of floating and in peace and no concerns. Right. I mean, that what the, was the environment of this particular level of the astral realm? And and obviously, when when you leave the body, the weight of the body and the problems. She said, you know, I felt like my, the problems that I dealt with in everyday life were 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 gone. Of course, you're going to feel that release if your soul is in a place where it's being released into a part of the astral realm yeah. that is you know, not completely negative. I mean, for example, if you kill yourself, I mean, yes, there's going to be a release of the body, but there can be some isolation of the soul until the soul is, you know, the, the regular life has been, uh, has been, you know, the span of the regular lifetime has been reached. So there can be a time frame, even though there's not time in the astral realm, that the soul is in a space of isolation or a, a school. So again, her experience cannot be, a general, you know, basis for what everyone's going to experience when they cross. I mean, because she didn't completely cross. No, you can go, you can enter the astral realm in your soul spirit, but the first couple layers of the astral realm are filled with concerns. That's why we dream, have such intense dreams and things happen. We're actually out of the body but we're within a vicinity of the astral realm that is still concerned with matters of the earth. But when you go way out there on the silver cord, as she did, you bypass that immediate, those immediate zones of the astral realm where there are concerns and earthly matters, and you reach your way out there beyond the gravity. It's like being out beyond the gravity of the planet. You're floating. You're no longer pulled into gravity. But there are astral realms that are within the gravity of physical energy. And that's where you have, we have, most of us go where we have our dreams while we're astral projecting. So she just happened to go out there, but the silver cord wasn't broken, so she came back. There was no intention of her dying. Uh, there might have been, uh, in, going, in going out that far, in the astral realm, there, there might have been some spiritual cleansing that went on in the immediate zones 
and she had to be out of her body and way out there while they did spring, like, like, you know, fumigating your home, you have to leave. Well, and she said, you know, I was, I was made aware of the changes I needed to make in my life in order to clear the, all, all these, the karma, essentially, and she didn't use the word karma, but the karma that I had from past lives and this lives. And she did say, I could feel when I was in that realm that I had, she said, all of my soul journeys were encapsulated in one that's in one and she she could feel she, and you know it's not necessarily she that she believed in past lives prior to this excuse me prior to this experience but that's what uh that's exactly what happened. that's what happened but what's interesting about it is she said you know my life has changed so much since this has occurred and you know i'm not the same person that i was i'm not so concerned with the earthly earthly journeys However, it's interesting because she has monetized this experience. So, um, you know, that's another story. But in any case, we do have a caller. Let's bring on Jennifer. Hi, Jennifer. Hello. I'm glad that Neil got to go answer the phone. Oh, my God. (laughs) I'm glad, you know, it's really, (laughs) thank you for pointing that out. I'm glad you can hear that. So embarrassing. Did you hear it? Must have been important. I'm glad that Neil got to go answer the phone. Jennifer, don't do that during a show. Don't do that. Okay. The call can be dealt with later. Okay. Anyway. (laughs) I I don't have any questions. uh, That was the Archangel Michael uh, calling me and telling me to shut up all (laughs) You don't know what you're talking about. No, he's always doing that. Yeah, I know. Yeah, he, he often rings us throughout the day. Uh, um, I I don't have any boat questions. Um, okay, but... no boat questions. Like you're landlocked, aren't you? Where you are? I'm. I'm yeah. Well, I'm, I, could, I could walk to. I could walk to a river, but I don't. Um, okay. You said uh, you had a Jerry and a Leonard, and I have a Jerry and a Leonard too. So that's one. And to like, there's a book I read about uh, what happens after you die. It's by Neil Donald Walsh. I don't know if you guys like him or not. I don't don't even know. It's called Home with God. And basically what he says is what you expect to happen when you die is what happens. And then after that, the real stuff starts happening. What do you mean? I mean, you expect, like, if you have a near-death experience, for example, like what, I don't know, I'm, I'm confused. Well, Explain. Okay, so I, I spoke to, well, I, I know someone who's had one, and I, I don't think he would have expected this to happen, but he did tell me that it was, he was on a train with a bunch of monks, and he was Catholic, so I, I wouldn't think that monks would figure into his expectation of what would happen when he died no. but i don't i don't think he died but he was you know very close he was septic in the hospital and had sepsis oh. and he was close so so he didn't I, like I, I flat didn't. but you can still no. in those spaces go to an astral uh, a level of astral realm that that's probably involves some kind of past life or the monks could have been a, a guides you know uh but I, as far as Neil Donald Walsh is concerned, 
what is he, he so he's saying that like when you initially cross it's according to what you think is going to happen and then it changes that's right and that's what the tibetan book of the dead says as well it's like whatever your expectation is it's that's what happens because every religion has a different concept of what happens when you die sure. um because it's too much of a shock to the soul to take you from you know, you're still sort of halfway between two worlds to take you and throw you into whatever. Um, and, and the way he describes it, because he's, you know, allegedly talking to God and that's all the writing is about, um, is it's like a, a paradise, but it's without form. So to go from form to without form um, may be too hard for a soul to transition. I'm not exactly sure. I'm not. It's an interesting you know. theory, though. I mean, I would be interested yeah. in definitely reading the book, for sure. Yeah, it's called Home with God. It was. Uh, it's still in print, I'm pretty sure. He's, he's the Conversations with God person. So, Conversations with God, does he have a website? Uh, oh, yeah, I think it's like Neil Donald Walsh or something like that. But I'll, I'll okay. send you a link to the, the book. Yeah. Okay. Do you want to comment that I want to ask about Jerry and Leonard? But... Well, yeah, I mean, the, the spiritual realm, when I receive messages, I have to translate into physical terms. But I'm um, old enough to, to know that that realm is somewhat, it, it, it's, you can't conceptualize it. It's an energy realm, so it would seem formless. But the the form it takes is in a sort of astral construction. So, but that astral construction is not something that it would be telling a doctor. It'd be like telling a doctor, "Well, when you dissect me, did you see my astral body? Uh, what? How did my chakras look?" The, the <laughs> doctor's going to say, "What are you talking about? Uh, there's nothing like that in your body, but they're there." Now, the, the astral realm has different energy and layers and all that kind of thing. So there is a form of, uh, there is a, a sense of formlessness. Um, in, the, in the Bible, the Christian Bible says the earth was without form without and void. Form void. But those are concepts. Yeah, they're already. They have to, you know, to be without form <laughs> and void is a concept. Nothingness is a concept. We just don't understand it because our, the limitations of our consciousness attaches to the word. So as we think of nothingness, there is something. there's got to be something there because you're thinking of it. What, what one has to do is release themselves from the, from the locality of the physical brain and get into the spiritual essence, the spiritual consciousness, where you don't have to have the limitations of the brain and everything seems to make sense. But that would be like trying to tell a doctor, well, what did you learn about the astral body in medical school? It won't happen on the physical plane. But, yeah, all that is very true, and there's different ways to look about it. The idea that he was with monks is, is comparable to probably one of his past lives, yeah. where he moved from uh, that kind of sacred monastery, if you will, to something that was more or established in religion religious. and created, you know, according to Catholicism a human creation in terms of that conception that arose from Christianity itself. Well, however, I mean, I just, uh, regarding monks, if we're talking about Buddhism, I mean, that's structured too. I mean, well, no, it all, it's all part of the levels of consciousness. It's just like you said, uh, Jennifer, different conceptions 
of what the what the territory and the origin and if you will the voidness is beyond our our mental capacity to understand things. But we, no one on the planet can specify that realm. Did it, it is beyond any any portion of the human brain to understand. I have a question regarding his his visit to the astral realm and the experience of the monks. Did his consciousness change after this experience at all? It's it's funny that you asked that because like I stopped talking to him because he was such an asshole, and <laughs> and, and and then this all happened. And I guess I was part of the, and then he went into, you know, rehab and 12 steps and blah, blah, blah. And then I was part of the, you know, make amends with people thing. And the only reason I wanted to talk to him was because I wanted to hear about this near death experience. So um, at first it did, but from what I heard from other people, he's really just gone back to being an asshole. Well, I mean, the whole 12 step thing, I mean, that's like, I don't know. I mean, it works for some people, but that's not really, I, I, to me, a change in consciousness. Maybe he was cleaning up his life on a physical realm, on the physical realm, and, you know, his, his I don't know, what, what was he alcoholic no. or something? He may be an asshole, but, yeah. you know, in the astral yeah. realm, he's dealing with the first chakra. So he's inhabiting the first asshole. chakra. Of his, <laughs> first chakra. <laughs> so, uh, you know, he's not a lower level, but he's got the right idea. Well, you know, you would think, I mean, having that kind of, you know, going back to a past life when you're unconscious, uh, that there might be a higher consciousness, you know, a more spiritual essence that's, that somehow, I don't accomplished is the wrong word, but, or actualized after that experience, but it doesn't sound like that happened. I mean, I myself have been in a coma, but I have no memory so there was no, I have no near-death experience. I mean, I wasn't dead anyway, but, you know, even even a consciousness about nothing, unfortunately, that I could bring back from that experience. So that's my two cents on that matter. But as far as Jerry and Leonard go, it's interesting. Mm-hmm. Who are Jerry and Leonard? Leonard first, because that was really a strong name that was coming and then I she said no I was like what so who's Leonard that's Lenny. that's an ex an ex-boyfriend hmm ex-boyfriend who's Jerry Jerry is um uh he was my step-grandfather step-grandfather what's your relationship like with him well he's dead <laughs> I mean what was it like <laughs> it, was, it was very good it was very good. Um, he taught me how to play crib. You know, he was he was a very loving, kind person. We did spend a lot of time with him, but it was for a short period of time because um, my my stepfather and my mom broke up. Short relationship. I'm snowflakes. Yeah. Anything? Did you have any really? I mean, is there a location of where there would be snow involved with him? Yeah. We live in Canada, so yeah, it snowed where we were. But snowflakes, that doesn't jump out. There is something very, very identifying about him. I just want to see if you you know what it is or you're getting at. 
something very identifying. I don't know, Neil, can you get something? But the snowflakes would represent snow. So I don't know what the environment was like when you where you grew up. But I was just getting snowflake. I translated that to snow. And you did grow up in the snow. And it doesn't snow everywhere in Canada, does it? Everywhere? Yeah, it does. Yeah. Oh, well, <laughs> I, there you go. I don't know about yeah. Canada's weather. But anyway, and even yeah. in, like, Victoria? Yeah, well, sometimes. I think it just snowed recently in Victoria. Okay. It doesn't so, stay long, but it's it's not yeah unheard of. Okay. Well, anyway. Well, you know, I don't know about any particular peculiarities with him, but I am getting a, a different element of something peculiar. And that is someone who has two different colors. lost a finger. I, I can't hear you. Um, I heard lost a finger, but that was it. Two different oh, colored eyes. I said, I don't know if this has to do with your step-grandfather, but what mm-hmm. I'm getting in the element of energy is someone who has two different colored eyes and or somebody who has lost a finger. Can I just say something before she responds? When Before you said lost a finger, I'm, I then, or maybe it was after, then I got someone who maybe lost a limb. So that's I, the outcome. That's right. Yeah. So he, he, he was without legs. Yeah. Okay. So <laughs> we did it. So we, we kind of yeah. fell into the zone of... of uh, Connecting. Um, I think you. Yeah, so, David Bowie has two different eyes, but that's all I know. Well, but, yeah, but I mean, you, don't, you don't have a relationship with David Bowie. No, or didn't. No. <laughs> Except <laughs> maybe you can. I'm sure you like David Bowie. Were you? Are you David? Do you like I, David yeah, Bowie? I was. A, I was a big David Bowie fan. Yeah, me too. I love David Bowie. Yeah. 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 So you know, I mean, you know, you can't when if souls have have uh, moved into the astral realm to some on some current level where there's still some sense of availability to the planet Earth. Uh, Chris and I may be picking up on the echoes of the vibrations of these people who just seem to want to drop in and, and make a greeting. Um, glad tidings, you know, whatever you want to call it. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. So that's probably what, what it amounts to. There isn't anything... Uh, particularly alarming to tell you, except for one thing, and that's the of a rope. So if we look, talk about a rope, what you have to do is think to yourself, what is my relationship with ropes? <laughs> you know, what do I do with ropes? You know, do I, am I a rodeo star? Repelling. Did, did somebody hang themselves? Yeah, that's Do it. I, do, you know, what do I, Hitchcock made a movie called Rope. So, you know, you'd have to, first of all, converse with us what a rope means to you on any sort of. Okay, I'll tell you, because this is funny, because when you said the two different eyes, I thought of David Bowie. My grandfather's name was David, and he used to know how to do the lasso. Oh. Okay, so it's just him saying hello to you. I love you. I know Mm -hmm. we had a brief encounter on the planet. But I just wanted to stop by and say I love you and I give you a big kiss. That's what he's saying. Aww. Well, that's nice. Well, we made some connections. That's good. And Yahoo. What were you going to say, Jennifer? And you solved all of Michelle's boat problems. 
I don't know. We'll see. Time will tell. Yeah. Maybe you could give uh, Michelle the boat to dock the boat, the rope to dock the boat. Maybe <gasps> that's. You're... She could just tie it to a tree, right? You don't have to pay yeah. anybody. We'll ask David <laughs> to, uh, to to throw a rope in her in on her boat. There you go. That's cheap. <laughs> Thank yeah, you. I appreciate and, you all know, you as do. Your is, as far as the asshole is concerned, remember, it's called the astral field. <laughs> That's why he's an asshole. <laughs> so, uh, we appreciate your call. We know it's not Thanksgiving in Canada, but anyway, your boyfriend is American, so maybe you'll be celebrating the holiday. So hopefully you'll have a happy. Okay. Take care. care. Okay. Bye. Bye. Okay, we are back on there actually tomorrow. Wednesday, um, 9 a.m. Pacific, 12 p.m. Eastern. Talk to you then. Bye-bye.